Welcome to Arin Podcast Luxembourg, our podcast channel that explores the latest legal and regulatory updates in Luxembourg by weighing in on our experts' profound experience. We are introducing our new podcast series, All About Private Debt. Our experts from different practice areas come together with guest speakers to debate hot topics in the private debt market. Hi, welcome to you all um, here to speak about uh, this matter of private debt. Um, uh, we are with uh, Ludovic Alex Alexandre and myself. I am Ramon Hoyos, I'm a lead advisor at Aren Regulatory Consulting, where I specialize in valuation matters. And with us today is Alexandre Brajou. Alexandre is manager at Aren Regulatory Consulting and uh, manages the risk team providing advisory and other services with respect to a broad range of related, related risk assets. Ludovic is also with us. Ludovic Fichet is a conducting officer and portfolio manager at Amanco, where he spearheads initiatives to ensure full compliance with the regulatory requirements for portfolio management activities. So, Ludovic, can you give us a little bit more of an overall context of the private debt landscape? Thanks, Ramon. Um, indeed, private debt for us is an extremely large investment universe. Uh, at Amanco, we have received a lot of requests this year from clients. And there is just one trend uh, that come out of uh, those requests this year, is that there are probably as many strategy, private debt strategy as their funds. We haven't had single request for services that looked like another. And this is obviously a challenge when it comes to addressing client needs. Uh, direct lending, mezzanine, distressed debt, that all type of up and coming strategy that we are attract that are attracting investors today. But as a service provider, we still have a long journey ahead before we have a full picture. The underlying of the debt product, as well as the vehicle structure, fund of fund, direct investment, all that can have an effect of increasing product complexity. Uh, the diversity of debt product is a key factor in the development of the asset class enabling to meet many of the different requirements investors have for add-ons into the asset allocation. Access to specific asset class, like infrastructure debt, regulatory treatment of the product, solvency to treatment for insurance company, performance, diversification, etc., etc. This is most certainly the reason why private debt is one of the most active asset class within the alternative investment universe. But what is your view on that, Alex? Thank you, Ludovic. Yeah, indeed, private debt market is a market which is currently booming. It's one of the asset classes in the Luxembourg alternative investment world with the strongest growth, with AUM up an average of 36% compared to last year, reaching more today than Euro 100 billion. With investment funds predominantly structured as unregulated vehicles, taking advantage of the fundraising opportunities offered by IFMD, the market has seen a growing demand for investing in this asset class, mainly from institutional investors, in particular insurance companies and pension funds, but also to a certain extent from semi-professional investors on HNWI private distribution channel. But Ludovic, what makes the strategy different from other alternative asset classes? Uh, thanks for the question, Alex. Uh, from an asset perspective, investing into private debt products requires multiple competencies. The debt aspect of the product is only one of the aspects. Um, the underlying should also carefully be analyzed. For example, 
uh, direct investment in a real estate development project will be different than a mezzanine loan granted for the same type of investment. And it will require the AFM to understand and manage both the debt and the real estate aspect. Private debt products have required um, Amanco to review its business model and existing competencies to, to cope with this need. Um, and it, it's like a banking-like environment. And since Amanco has launched several debt products this year, we have implemented significant upgrades to our portfolio and risk management processes. Um, now, uh, looking at those processes, we think that they are closer to the life cycle of the debt instrument. And we include the analysis of the end business, um, the financial and credit analysis of the borrower, a review of the long term, the covenant, exactly at the, what a bank would do, in, in fact. Uh, nevertheless, the ongoing monitoring of loan and the oversight of credit event requires a thorough appraisal to capture the risk of each position. But uh, I suppose that it's also something different from you from a risk perspective, Alex. Yes, exactly, Ludovic. As mentioned before, the private market is becoming more and more attractive within the fund industry. This success can also be explained from a risk perspective, where we see investors seeking higher returns in comparison to classic fixed income strategy, and especially in a low interest rate environment. Private debt strategies are perfectly designed for this. In indeed, due to the large range of debt investment types, investors can choose the ones that clearly correspond to their risk appetite and expected returns. You can invest in senior secure debt, but you can also invest in distressed loan funds. The wise strategy will expose the investor to an acceptable level of risk for them in terms of potential losses they are ready to accept. Finally, for investors who are already exposed to fixed income strategy, private debt ones are also a way for them to diversify their portfolio, as private debt markets are generally less correlated to public debt markets. In that sense, private strategy will present an excellent opportunity for fixed income-oriented investors to diversify their investment with a risk-adjusted return. However, despite their risk specificity, private debt investment also includes usual risk directly related to the nature of the underlying funding entity, which can be private equity, real estate, or infrastructure project. And Warman, what about the valuation of private debt instrument? In, in terms of valuation, like, like as Ludovic and you mentioned before, um, basically the specificity of private debt instruments uh, and, and especially uh, direct debt is that you have to understand the underlying asset of the debt as well as the st structure. And so <clears throat> that adds uh, layers of complexity sometimes. But to, to simplify the matters in terms of, 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 of debt, I would say that if we start from the IFRS 13 valuation, which states that a fair value is the price that would be received to sell an asset or pay to transfer a liability in an orderly trans transaction between market participants at the measurement date, um, we, we can say uh, a couple of things. We can say that the first, the overall, over, overall and globally, uh, DCF valuation is usually done to value debt uh, since debt uh, gives a good view of the future cash flows of the of the instrument, um, sometimes you can find comparables, but it's not always um, always um, easy to find the right comparables. Uh, but the valuer should also take into perspective the changes that could affect the changes in the market that could affect the value of the debt. 
some some of them uh, is exactly what Ludovic was saying uh, monitoring uh, monitoring uh, changes in 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 credit spread uh, uh, the loans uh, uh, events that could affect the value of the loans at uh, some point um uh, la- then i would say also that in some cases in some simple cases you could use the nominal value of the loan as a proxy for fair market value um is not always i would say uh, unfortunately for the sake of simplicity is not always the case uh but for example when the debtor is distressed you you cannot use the the, the nominal value as a proxy for fair market value but um, but um, when when the debtor is distressed, it's important to assess the capacity of the debtor to uh, repay his debt. Uh, for example, building a real realization rate, which is in in sim- simpler term, uh, a probali- prob- probability of repayment of the debt, uh, and the timeline. Um, so we also like to have a scenario based approach and uh, back testing when possible in in in, the, in this case it's not always easy but we try to do back testing also uh, last but not least when uh, there is an, an indirect ownership of equity for example via warrant instruments the warrants should be valued separately using most of the time a mathematical model such as a black and schultz um, and Ludovic, what what do you have to say? In, in what would be the important things to note uh, or risk to take into account uh, while talking about private debt? Yeah, thanks for the question, Ramon. Uh, when it comes to the to risk of debt strategy, definitely loan origination uh, is a key focus area for different team Amanco, uh, and that in order to define the appropriate level of monitoring, it requires uh, us a, a deep understanding of the end business. Uh, funding by the law granted by the fund we have under management. And in that matter, uh, Amanco has identified two areas of concern when we launch this kind of strategy. First, who is checking what? Um, is it Amanco checking, risk management or portfolio management uh, department, or uh, are those uh, checks made by the, the funded company? Um, the, other second, the, the other aspect is definitely the data aspect. What is the level of data uh, we need? How can we access those data and in what form? Um, we can get raw data, we can get aggregated data, uh, and it really depends to, to what extent you, you would like to do the monitoring of this uh, strategy. But obviously, the filter of our manco will always be to meet the regulatory requirement arising from the ESMA opinion, the FAQ of the CSSF, and also the recent proposition of the Commission regarding the review of the AFM directive. Um, however, our funded company, uh, the one we are uh, funding, uh, they might have a, a low or even no awareness uh, related to such regulatory requirement. And we spend quite a lot of time discussing uh, the education uh, about uh, this requirement. Uh, and that in order to mobilize package, analyze data that ensure uh, the right portfolio monitoring, risk management, evaluation aspect, and all those uh, aspects remain under control. Um, what I can say from our recent experiences is that those phase can turn into real lengthy project uh, of both sides, so for us, but also for the, the funding company. Um, and for you, um, Alex, what would be, from a risk perspective, the, the key element to take into account? 
Thank you, Ludovic. Um, in fact, from risk perspective, in addition to the monitoring of traditional risk associated to underlying borrowing entities and the simple assessment of their credit worthiness, uh, private debt investment required to monitor specific ones. By example, it's important to pay close attention to the contractual covenant in order to be sure that there are proper limitations on the borrower. As far as possible, it must be prevented from taking action that uh, increase the risk for the lender in fine. Moreover, uh, you need a clear understanding of the borrower's debt structure and the proper assessment of the value and eligibility of collateral in order to adequately capture the credit risk associated to a loan transactions. Those aspects are particularly important to take into consideration when an alternative investment fund is originating itself loans and uh, it must be fully integrated in the risk management framework and processes of the IEFM. Indeed, as part of the structuration of the loan, an IEFM originating loan is directly involved in the covenant definitions, the collateral selection, and the determination of the related financing cost. In case an alternative, an alternative investment fund is taking part in a syndicated transaction, especially when not being the lead originator, those points must be properly monitored during the structuration process as part of the oversight duties of the IFM, and a particular attention must be paid to the retention of a material economic interest by the lead originator. On top of that, another factor to take into account when measuring the risk of a portfolio of private debt is clearly the diversification risk. In properly assessing the overall credit risk of the portfolio, Diversification is a key point that will determine the credit correlation between the different lines of the portfolio. Unlike for any other investment, from a risk perspective, it is better to target a lower correlation between debt investments so that impairment or losses do not negatively affect the portfolio value only at once if there is an economic shock, for example, in a specific sector or country. As you have understood, Credit risk is a key risk driver for private debt investment, which can combine various aspects, and it must be quantified during valuation as well. And maybe Raymond can say a few words on it. Exactly, exactly. I think this is a very important term, credit risk, and, and, and risk in general. And for, for valuation, I would say um, we, we, we use the, the, the risk is captured in the, in the discount rate. And, um, and that is one of the most challenging parts to estimate when valuing private debt instruments. Um, the, the risk estimation should not just consider the characteristics of the debt itself, um, such as, as you mentioned, um, uh, co covenants uh, attached to the contract, but also the investor approach um, and, and, and also the timeline that could affect the value of the loan. Um, and, and some events you cannot really foresee, for example, uh, prepayment before term or um, court-ordered liquidation proce procedures. So this type of things should, should, uh, should be um, analyzed by the valuer. Of course, we cannot um, see in the future. So we can, there is some, some moments where we'll have a, to um, have a scenario-based approach. Um, and, and as well, I will finish saying, by the, the saying that comparables are often uh, very challenging to find. So I would, as I said before, I would not recommend using comparables in most of the cases. Um, and, and also, with the, with the increase in capital um, and, 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 and increasing private debt uh, funds in general, um, I think we will see more and more complex uh, kind of private debt instruments. 
and so values will will be to be more more technical and more and more um, skilled the, the skill of uh, required for valuation will be become uh, larger yeah, and I think that's a very good point to, to conclude, uh, Roman. Thanks a lot. We, we have seen that private debt market is a growing segment in, in the alternative investment world with some very special characteristics and that can only be properly handled with specific, uh, specific expertise. So I think this is meeting your point. But in addition, we've seen that uh, recent, uh, the recent proposition of the Commission regarding the review of the AFM Directive also reminded us that going forward, regulation might impose further requirements on private debt funds in terms notably of liquidity risk management, uh, special framework um, organization for alternative investment fund practicing this kind of uh, loan origination strategy. But I think uh, that is a topic for another podcast. And now I would like to thank uh, Ramon and Alex for participating. Thank you, Ludovic. Thank you, Ramon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this private debt podcast. We hope you found it interesting. If you would like more information about our private debt expertise, we invite you to visit our website, www.arendt.com. If you don't want to miss our latest episode, please feel free to subscribe to our podcasts available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.